This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., so yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like deer right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. thirty yards. Yeah, he he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at one forty in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot. Sent the combat veteran, and I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's it's almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special meat. Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. 
Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, crispy as hell with the air conditioner on turbo. It is 93 degrees outside, probably 103 in my garage, and we're sweating it out, creating this content out here. <laughs> I'm glad you say that the, the air conditioner's on turbo. Everybody probably the, thinks we just have shitty mics. Yeah, it's on the <laughs> lowest setting possible right now. It's just on like the low and on one. It's not shitty mics, just a shitty loud ass air conditioner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but we we tried to suffer like through uh, episode with it with no with no air and it was made it a solid thirty one minutes. It was getting hot in here. It was getting real hot. But anyways, we're gonna get into this show. Get into the people that make this possible. We got Justin on uh, this week. We're talking keeping tabs on your shooter velvet bucks and in killing in the first ten days, which he's well known of. We're gonna try to break down the season for you guys in the next couple of episodes. Um, you know, we're not going to get real deep in the season, but we're going to break down some different tactics that people use in early and mid-October. Um, just kind of get you jacked for season, get you thinking of ideas you can think. And there's a lot of good tactics in this episode um, about, you know, making sure you're set up right and keeping keeping a track on that sneaky velvet buck because that sucker could sneak out at you any, <laughs> any second. But, right. Uh, first of all, before we get into the show, um, I wrote this down. I never write anything down, so this is huge for me. I'm not going to read it word for word, but um, we just wanted to say a huge thank you. Um, we made a post about it um, uh, last week, but we just wanted to say a huge thank you for all the support you guys are giving us. We had the launch party, and uh, it was it was insane. The people that, you know, when you actually get to put a face to the people that listen to you, he's like, man, I listen to you every week. I look forward to it so much. Um, it just, it's so so humbling that you guys listen to us that's all i can say i don't i don't really know how to put in words what it feels like when someone comes up and does that um but i basically want to say that we're blown away by the support you know multiple people come up to us talking to us that the old guy at yeah what, uh, what was his name uh bob was the one guy yeah and then oh, i don't know man, I, we met so the, many people that night it was the, so hard to. the other older gentleman yeah um did not get his name i, I think i asked yeah. three times but he lives in rock falls yeah but, so shout I out mean, to our guy in rock falls to the guy in rock falls super solid that you listen to us um every week and then you know p driving you know like thousand and four miles i mean just crazy um driving multiple hours just to shake your hand um the main main thing that we wanted to put out this episode is if you guys watch our YouTube videos, that we're literally out of my garage swatting flies right now. <laughs> like, um, we're podunk as hell out here, okay? And these these guys are coming up to you like you really, you're really something. And I don't want anybody to think that we're like, you know, something huge, something crazy, what we got going on. Um, one thing I will say is we're always going to try to make this show the best that we possibly can. Um, but in all honesty, half the time we're out here, we really don't know what we're doing and we're just trying to keep the episodes rolling until something sticks and you guys like it. And we're kind of figuring it out. We want to create content that you guys enjoy and we're just out here trying to do the best we can, um, you know, to, to make that happen. But to be honest with you, we feel super lucky and blessed that you guys keep coming every week and coming back and listening and, uh, We'll never stop trying to get better, and uh, we'll always try to stay humble because there's literally nothing going on out here. Just two regular dudes talking about deer hunting and uh, the special parts you guys come in to make it all happen. So without the listeners, this podcast wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be out here. We, You know, you, you had to pay for this stuff to happen. You know, we wouldn't be out here. Um, but that being close, 
with that being said, it it's getting like so close to deer season right now. We are incredibly jacked. Like the amount of deer picks you're getting. We got the food plots in. Everything's looking crispy. We got the stand set. We got the new lease set up. Um, the things come. It's coming together, you know. And uh, we're gonna try to bring these tactic-driven episodes to really fire you guys up. Hope something sticks in your head and you guys get that edge for season uh, just a little bit to really say, man, I'm gonna try that, and you know that worked for me or something. That's what we want to do. We want you guys to have the absolute best the best season that you've had in your whole entire life. And uh, if we can make that happen, we're going to definitely try it. So um, if you guys do enjoy the show, leave us a review. Um, that would mean a ton. It gives us a good idea of what you guys like about us, what you guys don't like about us. If you want to leave a bad review of something we did, leave a bad review. We'll, we'll, we're going to read it. We're not gonna, the first. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to, yeah, not the first. The, my favorite one. These guys know literally nothing about serious deer hunting. One star. <laughs> the guy nailed us. Nailed us. Absolutely nailed us. Shout out to whoever that was. Um, but, yeah, thank you to all the support um, from the bottom of our hearts. Um, all right, let's get into people that make this possible. Uh, we're going to start off with Last Breath. Like we said, guys, the launch party was freaking epic. I don't know how many people was there. That theater was giant. The lights were right in my eyes when yeah, I was up there throwing yeah. stuff out. But I literally had to run 70 yards to throw to chip to the people in the back like it was crazy i was taking boxes of shit and running to the back <laughs> and i even got some to the upper deck i got some shirts to the upper I hit deck this kid with a shirt right in the upper deck yeah, yeah it was i felt crazy. like joe yeah, montana yeah, out there yeah we were we were ripping shout out to garrett for wrapping those shirts hella rubber bands on those <sighs> things those things were solid yeah but if you guys didn't get to go to the launch party you hear us talk about last breath tv we are a part of that we do film for those guys if you guys want to watch our content want to watch their content want to watch Whitetails get shot, and antelope get shot. This podcast is on there. You want to watch elk coming out this season? Anything you guys got, check them out on YouTube. Um, they got it going on. Um, we're going to get into Exodus. My Exodus tail, trail can tip of the week is. Oh, no. you got one? No. Oh. We have Velvet Fest. Oh, shit. We got Velvet Fest. We I'm got big do a things going on for Velvet Fest. And then you do Velvet Fest. My trail can <laughs> tip of the week is, guys. When you get these cams, do not be able, afraid to call the customer service. You're going to get incredibly, incredible good service. I actually have worked with other cameras on their customer service, and it was kind of piss poor. They don't really know what's going on. Um, they don't really have the answers that they need because maybe they don't really – the person I was talking to don't really understand the product that they're <laughs> even talking about. Well, like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but you're going to get someone that knows – what the hell the product is. So if you're having, you got a render, the trail cam tip of the week this week is if you got a render, you're not real sure what's going on, how to set it up, call them, email them. You're going to get the answers. They're going to give you the answers. You're going to talk to someone directly that is working with these cams every day and knows what the hell is going on. All right, get into the Velvet Fest. And we also have Velvet Fest going on for another week. You have until August 11th. Um, every trail camera purchase order is going to give you 25 to $60 off automatically. And then we got the mythical creature is what I'll call it. The, uh, laser engraved camera that they are going to pass out. And if you receive that camera, you are going to get a thousand dollar gift card to their store. So that, that's a lot. Like yeah. that's a, that's some cash. Yeah, that's some cash. So all you got to do is use hashtag velvet fest on social media and you have until August 11th. And so if you're already not scooping up an Exodus cam, Let's just put it this way. You're messing up. Yeah. And um, when you do purchase your Exodus camera, you're going to get a five-year warranty backed by theft and damage for five years. 
So it's going to be with so you, if you for got that gift card, a while. You could potentially have oh, seven treks for five years. You could have seven guaranteed camps for five years. Or you could have how many renders? Three renders? Yeah. Three renders for five. A cell cam guaranteed for five years. Like, not even, not a question about yeah. it. Yeah. And their data's the best. Yeah. The, the best shareable. Yeah. The best so, shareable. So, you can check out all that at exodusoutdoorgear.com. One more week for Velvet Fest. All right, you got next level. Yes, guys. The deer are hammering the feed out in Nebraska. Bro, the amount of picks that I hammering. see on the feed, is I'm just so jealous of those guys. So jealous of the, the guys on that can feed. Yeah. Because they're, they're just getting so many angles. Getting the inventory, yeah. getting the angles. Like, if you... Could you imagine if we got, like, you get an emotional attachment like we get with the deer, and yeah. then you get all the angles of a that thousand guy? picks. You're like, okay, this is, this is getting for three real months. deep yeah. here. But, um, yeah, guys, the deer are hammering it absolutely on fire right now, um, getting ready to get rid of that velvet. Going to be something special coming up from them guys towards the end of August um, that, we'll, that we'll shout out on here and be shouting out on their social media. So get ready for that. But uh, before then... Visit them at nextleveldeer.com. All right, let's get in the show. You guys are going to enjoy this one. Uh, oh, there we go. Nope. Yep. Yep, here we go. All right, three, two, one. All right, guys, we got a special guest coming on tonight to talk a little early season game here. Uh, how's it going tonight, Justin? Good. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Hot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we got the air running in my garage. We're out here. I, I didn't pregame the garage hard enough. Normally, I pregame the air for about five hours before we come out. <laughs> because <laughs> it's uh it's like that 93 out yeah so yeah. hot out it's absolutely brutal out right now so uh the deer that you can even see it in the cams this the, would be like a the oh, bucks are like ah i'm not gonna move like, this would be like a day we usually hang cams. yeah it'll be out. <laughs> oh, let's hang some stands 93 perfect weather uh but yeah we're gonna that's, talk that's that's what i did yesterday it was 90 it was 90 yeah probably 92 93 and i was like yeah i'm gonna go check cams today yeah perfect you're out there you're like what am i doing with my life right now <laughs> questionable choices are made all around <laughs> definitely get a good burnout out there though um but we're gonna talk a little bit about you know you got a buck on cam in velvet now you really want to target that deer this is the time of year where they're pretty much full grown um you know and we're going to get into that of how you can keep track of that deer going in and then how you're going to make your first move on it. We know that early season is your game. We know that we will run in these cams is your game. So we figured that we kind of want to break down the season and segments with people. And we knew that this part of the season is spot on for you. So go ahead and rip what you're going to do. You got a target buck located and how are you going to keep tabs on that deer until you can actually hunt him? Um, the big thing for me, um, I don't anymore. I've gotten to the point where I don't want to just target one deer. I want to have options. So for me, I'm always trying to get on as many pieces of ground as I possibly can, because I don't like playing that game of putting all my eggs in one basket. I know you guys have experienced that. And sometimes it's, it's, it's as frustrating as uh, of a thing. I like to try to maybe locate two or three, preferably on different properties because that can, that can cause a problem too, because, um, you know, maybe one deer is not quite ready to hunt and another deer is red hot on a, a, another, on another piece. And when they're both on the same piece, um, I've ran into and made a 
lot of mistakes before where I just put too much pressure on that piece. And I went from having two shooters and the only two shooters, and they were both on one piece to um, just, I tipped my hat too early and, and, and the gigs up. Um, now when I get some deer, um, or, uh, you know, I get two or three bucks that I'm interested in my, and here in Ohio, we can, we can run mineral and we can run bait. So everybody around here is doing that just to, you know, take inventory and keep tabs on them. Um, Illinois is a different story. we got some ground out there that we hunt. Um, everything's done from mock scrapes. Um, we use, uh, uh, a lot of times what I use is a, a white, uh, a soft pine branch and I'll take a vine and hang the vine down to zip tie it. And I, that's the way I'll kind of keep track of them there. Um, doing that as well. I will also set those up too accordingly to maybe a particular tree in mine with a particular wind. So then I can possibly, if, if that deer is, is showing daylight activity on that, on that scrape, then I got an opportunity to move in to try to kill that deer instead of, I know so many times that guys set cameras up like that in spots and uh, they just want to get pictures. Well, I think of it as I want, I want to be able to do two things there. I want to take inventory for sure to see if there is a deer in, in the area. But if that deer starts to develop something according to those cameras, then I want to be able to slide in there and surgically remove that, that, that deer. If I, if I get that chance, but um, I think like everybody does, we all make the mistake too of during the summer um, I think it's easy to get pictures of big velvet deer and they almost act oblivious to the camera. Um, even the times that you've gone in there and checked the camera, stuff like that. And as soon as that velvet comes out, I mean, they're a completely different animal. They just, and every day moving further into October, they just seem like they become a little different, especially by the time you get to about that 15th to the 20th. I mean, they're, um, they don't move a lot. And, and if you're going to kill them, you got to get, you got to get tight, um, wherever they're, wherever you think that they're betting. Um, pressure is to me, I will always be the number one factor and, reason that you don't don't kill a deer and um and i think and the pressure comes from not thinking out your access to these particular locations that you're going to go in to kill a deer because if you're planning on killing one early you only got a couple cracks and you got to make the most of it i, I would say nine times out of ten every big deer that I've ever killed during the early season has been the first, first time I've ever hunted them. I mean, the complete and utter surprises is, is the ultimate goal and what we're all trying to do. And I'm not trying to, I know so many guys have said some of these same similar things on other podcasts and stuff like that, because, you know, there's just so much information out there, but that's, I mean, 
they're right. The guys that have said that, I mean, in my opinion, that's what's made, you know, me successful. Um, in early, early season has been the first 10 days of October has been, that's my bread and butter. I put a lot of, a lot of scouting effort, a lot of, um, stock in those first 10 days. So everything leading into those 10 days is, um, as I'm going along in the summer and I'm glassing and running cameras, um, whenever I'm checking a camera or even glassing, I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, that deer came out over here there. I know there's a tree right there I can get in. And a lot of times I don't like to hang a set until the day I go in to hunt the deer because, um, I've hung sets before and I find it so odd that you hang a set and it might, it might've been there for a month and you still get deer looking up at it. And, and to me, uh, I just, if I'm trying to kill one early, I just think they're so in tuned with what's going on because by the time you get into late October, they're letting their guard down and it's, and I love late October um, it gives me even a even better chance, but to me, um, it, you, you gotta be methodic in, in your approach of how you're going to access that property. And, and the other thing is now you sit there that evening and you never showed up. Now you got to get out of there. And I hate that. Because yeah. every time I get, it's almost getting dark. I'm to that point where I'm like, okay, this didn't happen. Now I got to get out of here. And about that time I get start to climb down, it's about the time he's going to step out. But your access out of there has to be as good, if not better, than your access in. Of not getting cracked with that deer so you can get, you know, that second chance at, at, at that animal. Um, to me, um, you also got to know the personality of an animal. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed too before where I've went in and say I put food plots and stuff like that on a property and had a big deer in there. And I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this food plot in here and, I noticed, uh, I've noticed before where it attracted so many other deer, that older deer, just like humans are, he just didn't like being around the crowd. And, and, and I've had to shift gears on the fly before because of my own mistake of thinking, well, I'm just going to put this plot in here and, you know, he's going to slide on out and this is how I'm going to hunt that deer. I just think you gotta, when you're, when you're strategizing, sometimes it's most of the time uh, it's a deer that I've known from years past. And if I've picked up on that tendency of him being a, um, loner, then maybe I don't do that. You know, maybe I, you know, steer away from that. But if he's a deer that don't, if he's a deer with a little bit of an attitude and likes to rule the roost and stuff like that, and then don't mind all those big deer numbers, then 
that's when I'm like, okay, then that's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to go in, I'm going to plant a little micro plot. I mean, I planted, I've went in before I killed a buck a couple of years ago in whitetail addictions. And I went in there, I went in there with a weed eater and a backpack sprayer and just made this little tiny clover plot that was in inside of some pines there's a little opening inside some pines and i thought well i can i can kill that deer in here by doing this and i just went in there and i couldn't get any i couldn't get a a tractor or anything back there to do any of that work and um that killed that deer and it put that deer right on my lap and that was i think that was like second week of october um you know uh last year i think uh you know, I killed my buck last year in Ohio, the first week of October. Actually, I've, I think I've killed my last, I think my last five bucks in Ohio have been the first two weeks of season. Yeah, you're you're always one of the first guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> Justin's going to kill one any second here. And then I'm like, oh, yep, it's not, there he is. But what you're saying about access, me and homie, we're kind of slow learners. But, you know, talking to you, we have this one spot that has been consistently good early season on getting these bucks on trail cam and we're, we'll go in there and hunt and they're just not there. And we're always wondering kind of, you know, what are we doing wrong? Uh, and this year we really broke it down. We're thinking, okay, what, where are these deer always coming from? You know, okay. We got that pinpointed. So obviously they're bedding over here. Do we know how far they're bedding? There's, it's a really thick area, so they could bed pretty much anywhere in there. But what we did was, Literally 25 yards is going to make the complete difference in killing this deer and not killing this deer. Um, We changed our access route. We moved the camera back because we realized that, like you said, when it gets into season and you got this camera on this scrape, they kind of get a little weird on that scrape. Um, We went in there. We know this deer is cool with other deer. We've seen him with other deer. We went in there and made a little micro plot. Um, around this scrape area just another thing to draw them out of that bedding that direction um and like i said we we kind of rolled that stand to the back of the tree to be able to get out of there easier that's still going to be challenging because the buck that we're after we went in there it was the 29th right he daylighted the 28th of september oh yeah and then we were going to go in there and kill him the first conditions that were exactly the same we had the exact same conditions went in there no show. We did see some deer, though, but yeah. he didn't show up. And uh, nothing came from the way that he came. And uh, then we didn't go in there, like, the two, the two days after that, same conditions, and a buck showed up. And we're like, okay, there's a reason, same conditions, same wind, why a buck hit that scrape the day before we went there, then two days, the same conditions, and there's a buck there before and we we're like, it's got to be where the stand is and where how we're accessing it. So we were kind of taking the easy route, ripping down the field edge and cutting around. And now we're kind of taking a harder route where we got to hit this creek edge and go down the creek and cross it and then come up where we have that cover and then kind of go out wide and come into it. But it's literally 25 yards. Mm-hmm. But we've manipulated this year to they like to use the – um, south side of the tree is a scrape, but we can't, we couldn't shoot there from the tree that we moved to. So we made the scrapes early on the north side, and they're just shifting to the north side already. So just that little bit of manipulation of starting one on the north, they're just hitting the north and the north or the south or the south and the the east. 
okay, they like to hit the west side, and now they're hitting the south and the east where we have that shooting ability. And uh, the first tree there is an option where the deer could come behind us. The wind wasn't really perfect all the time, and now like 25 yards, you're like, I got that edging wind if it's on a north where he's going to think he's solid, but he's going to be 20 yards off. He's not going to come in behind me. Um, so like you said, that that finding the tree and making a plan – it don't have to be 60 yards. It could be 10 yards could really make the difference. I'm killing the deer and I'm really excited sure. to get a trail cam picture and then go in there and see if that plan worked out, but we're kind of putting the pieces together. But what we, it takes us like two years of seeing stuff. And then we're like, Oh yeah, this is what we need to do. And another thing, and I think that, oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that you brought up that is something that I probably need to do a little better at is just like you were saying, Cody, the access in, but we still have bad access out at the particular spot you're talking about. But just in general, like you, you don't, I just kind of get a little sloppy, I guess, you know, not, like the hunts over, it didn't happen. You know, you just kind of, okay. Yeah. You're like, I got to get home. Yeah. I got to get home. Kids. I'm in, I'm in dad mode now. Yeah. You know, I just need to get home. Yeah. The hunts over didn't happen. So I guess in that, in that 15 minutes it takes to tear down and get out of the tree quiet tearing down but like getting the shit on the stand ratchet it back up and getting out it it could be better and i think that that's a great point of something that gets overlooked is the access out needs to be better than your access in because you can't see anything too (laughs) yeah that deer more than likely if he was going to be there and he's just 10 minutes behind you know which is and that's happens a lot and that's one of the biggest things too like you know like uh a buddy of mine just made this reference just the other day, you know, you're, when you got one that's, you know, under your skin and you're, and you're after, I mean, it's, it's like when that gets ready to happen, you're taking your equipment and you're, I mean, you're pulling everything out of your bag. You're making sure you got everything ready, everything silenced and taped up. And, and I mean, when you go in there, I mean, the last thing I ever want is, is to have my equipment be, you know, the reason I failed. So when I go in there, I mean, every single thing that I pack in there is, is I go as light as possible with only the things that I need. And, and everything from you made a, you made a, you know, a comment about a a ratchet, um, get rid of that ratchet, get, you know, get you something that does, you don't have to worry about, you know, something like, you know, something that's going to make that click any kind of, that's the biggest thing to me is like, you can, you can walk and through a cornfield, through a woods and do all this stuff. Deer hear that every single day. Um, they don't, I, I don't believe that they can tell the difference between, you know, a human or, or whatever it might be, but metal, um, that metal clank, it is like, man, it's like ringing the, that's like ringing a bell almost. Like we I just any feel it. on our stands, but our camera arm, mm-hmm. that's the only ratchet we oh, got in your camera arm. Yeah. And okay. it, we've never tried a pull strap on that, but I bet you if we got a good, one of those pull straps that you can cam lock over, mm. I, it would probably yep. hold, you know, you could pull tight and then cam lock over. I bet you it would. That's probably something I'm just. I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking like just when I hear when I hear somebody say something, I'm like, well, what about that? You know, like why don't you change this up? And 
like just those little subtle things. Homie knows that, I hate ratchet straps. <laughs> Every time he's oh, clicking I, it, I'm I, like, oh, oh yeah. dude, slow. Like he had a, what was that, like a bow hanger or something? Because you're not oh, supposed yeah, to screw yeah. anything into public, you know? And uh, he had oh, bought yeah, one that was a ratchet. And I was like, bro, we got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> like, this will be the last one of this comes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to pitch this thing and buy you something else because this thing is brutal out here. But like you said, that that noise, there's nothing worse than setting up and you dropping something or tinging something. You're just like, ah, oh, man. You know, you're I know. Like, it's just like to me, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, like. I remember, I mean, years ago, using the old, like the old lone wolf stands and, and the buckles, and I'd swing those things around there to hang a stand or whatever. You know, I wouldn't have it taped, you know, now I got them all taped up and everything else to where there's no, there's never going to be any metal on metal contact and it would clink something or this or that. And, And I remember like, you know, hunting properties with other guys and stuff like that. And uh, just being set up and like close to a buck in a bed and watching the reaction to that metal on metal clink. You can just see their demeanor go from like calm to on edge. Like, and ever since I seen that, I'm like, okay, everything metal that I have, I got to get like taped up. And like, you know, it's like, it's like I'm, you know, back to, you know, playing football or something again, you know, like I'm just taping up and, you know, ready for war, you know, yeah. just making sure that nothing's going to cause me. But, you know, going back to the point, too, that you guys were talking about, like manipulating a spot. Um, that's how I mean, that's exactly what I'm doing um, early season, you know, because once I get to, Oct- you know, once I get to like the later part of October into November, then I just shift gears and I start hunting you know, I start hunting does, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, where's the does going to be? Cause yeah. that's where, you know, I gotta, I gotta start playing that game and getting into that mindset and like changing what I was doing from before, but you know, and manipulating a spot too. I mean, if you got, especially, and if you got a piece too, where, you know, maybe uh landowner let you, you know, uh, take a chainsaw and knock down some, you know, junk trees, you know, some, you know, honey locust trees or something, you know, just junk like that to, to direct traffic a little bit, um, in the way of like either the way that you want them to walk by or from, uh, uh, even from a position of where you want to walk out and not have them walk. Um, I've done that before too. And that's, that's worked really well, but I can't always do that on all the pieces I hunt, you know, um, yeah, if we could Some go in there and that right behind us to the south, if you could cut those hedge trees down mm-hmm. to where you know he couldn't backdoor you, right. you'd be like, oh, I'm 100% right here. Like, he's going to have to come out of the corn way to the south and come in here to be able to get my scent, you know? He's not going to come out of this thick bedding by the creek and come right in. He's down at the loop all the way around. So that that would definitely be something you could do. But, you know, that's a, that's a great tag. You're, you're killing early season but you're kind of you're not putting all your eggs in your basket. You got multiple bucks, but you're trying to make it that deer as most comfortable as he can be there. You know, you're making the scrape. You might hit. You might be planting some food. You you know you're making sure that your setup's perfect when you go in there. You're not going to bump them. You're trying to make it to where that deer doesn't want to leave. You know that's what we get a lot is we're on a deer like we were talking about before. You know that big typical that we we're on, and then the velvet sheds, man, and they just gone and you 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 know there's nothing you can do about it but 
you know, maybe if, if he was on a property and you did have a food plot there and you did have, you know, a couple of scrapes and he was like, well, there's some does here, baby, I, I'm not going to leave, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like you can alter a property enough that you can change a deer's, you know, while I was just summering here, but now there's a ton of late food and there's does here. Why, oh, why do I need to leave? 100%. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm, we're, we're talking about buying something really soon. And that's something I'm really interested in seeing because one of our pieces you know, right now it's fire. Yeah. Right now, super solid ton of deer mid November, late November, nothing. And I cannot wait to go in there. Yeah. It's a lot of grass, kind of open grass, no oaks, very little timber. I can't wait to go in there and manipulate that place with some more food, some more cover, you know, plant some different types of grass that aren't going to get smoked when the, you know, a snowstorm comes in and see if I can hold some deer later in the year. But, uh, you know, you know, something else too, that I think it, like early on, like I, I never, you know, before I started, you know, I haven't always been killing deer in early season as consistently as I, I do now. And I also think that has a lot to do with just being patient, you know, um, where I know it's early season and you're, you're trying to, you know, maybe get a, a deer that you got kind of figured out. And you, you kind of got to play with the odds in your favor too. And maybe, maybe you got that first cold front or something like that. that comes in, maybe just holding out and you're just like, okay, I'm going to wait. Okay. I got two different ways. I'm going to hunt this deer. And, and these are the winds that I need to do it. And I'm going to wait for one of the, one of the two reasons to get this deer on the feet. Either it's the first cold front of the year and that's going to get him on his feet. Or you got, um, you got a really good moon phase. You know, you're getting into a good moon phase and maybe it's still hot. I've killed, I've killed bucks in early season. It's 90 degrees out. Yeah. I remember last um, year it was pretty hot when you killed your buck. I was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was 82. I was like, man, this guy's out here 82 and we're, we're not seeing anything, you know? But like you said, if you're waiting for something to show, you know, where you're like, okay, I might pull an ace this, you know, on the river, you know, cause the weather's right. You know, you're waiting for something yep. that just give you a slight edge and that's like moving this stand we're like he likes to be here on a northwest or a straight north and if we move back 25 yards we're gonna have him right on that edge that everybody talks about of you know he thinks he's solid because we've been there for two years and if we were there he smelled us and now we're 20 yards back you know and if we get the same conditions we know you know what what we got going on um, something I want to bring up in this episode, just to kind of see if it coincide with you. Are you using any past year trail cam data during these first 10, 10 days, of October? For sure. Um, I, so here's a good example of that. So a few years back, um, I had zero pictures of this, this big eight point that I was, I was chasing the year before. And I ended up killing another deer, like, at another point in the year, like, um, I think I killed, actually I killed my deer during late season that year that, um, and this deer, I chased all year, couldn't get on him. Just, he just beat me all year. That deer, I never get any pictures of him on the, on that property. Like he sheds and then he leaves and he does not come back. He's never, he was never there in velvet. I had four years of, I had three years of sheds and four years of trail cam pictures of that buck. And that deer, 
from the 5th to around the 10th of October, um, I, I started to get this just from keeping those records. I noticed I'm like, you know what, this deer is never on this property until that time frame, you know? And then you always think in the back of your head too, you're like, well, maybe he's dead, you know, maybe he's not going to come back this year. Maybe it's that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to hold out, you know, I got another deer to hunt right now and I'm going to see if this deer shows up. And that deer showed up in there on the 9th of October that year. And I went in and when I finally got the wind to hunt him and I mean, and it was that, you know, like a lot of guys talk about that edge win and it was, it, that's what it was. I got cracked by some does before he showed up that evening and, and, and just because they came, they got too far to one side and then cracked me. And I went in, I finally got that win when he showed up in there and I went in and, um, he, man, he, he used that win to his advantage and he, he kind of, Jay hooked around and came into that spot there. And that's, I wouldn't have killed that deer if it wasn't to the point that you just made about keeping those records and watching those tendencies and certain deer, like, you know, wanting to do certain things that it's on certain locations of the farm at certain times, you know, maybe you got a 300 acre piece and maybe he's, you know, maybe historically he's over here in the North end, you know, during the early season. And then like, then he makes a shift and now he's now he, for the last several years, he shifts over to the, the West end of that property. I think when you know those things and you're kind of paying attention to those dates, you can kind of shift with them to, to get yourself in position. Cause I wouldn't have killed that deer if I wasn't, paying such close attention to that. And when he moved in there, I was kind of joking, but kind of not. I told a buddy of mine, um, I told Heath, I said, I'm going to kill that deer tonight. And he goes, Oh, it's just like that. Huh? I'm like, yep. I'll call you when he's down. <laughs> That's and, normally what people oh, kill right. though. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh, he's going to be here. We say that he's three, three counties away, but yeah, that's normally how it goes, man. It's like, and then I, and I, and then I, I, I called him. I actually, I think I called him from the tree because it was, uh, cause he didn't hunt that. He didn't hunt that night or something like that. And I called him from the tree and I, and I said, and he lives about an hour and a half South of me. I said, well, get in your truck, start driving. And he said, <laughs> he said, why? He's, he's like, Did you shoot him? I'm like, Oh yeah, I shot him. I said, but it's going to be a while. Cause I put a shitty shot on him. So <laughs> we're going to have to wait. We're, you're going to have to come up and uh, hang out with me for a while while we, while we wait. Actually, I did. I, I did. I hit the deer back. but And then um, right when I was getting down on the stand two that night, freaking coyotes started just getting. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, then it started spitting rain. And I'm oh. like, oh, my God. This is this not going to be good. Normal luck. But <laughs> He, but he didn't come up. My, my good buddy, Mike, who, who has been one well, of my, my close hunting, uh, friends and partners for years. He, he came over and we, we tracked him, I don't know, a couple hundred yards and nice. he was laying there dead and he was, he was a hundred and low one sixties eight. Yeah. Damn. That's giant. Gross. Wow. 
Now that's what the best thing about this podcast is. We've met you and Heath, and you you two are like some of the most solid dudes that I look up to when it comes to like hunting, especially you early season. We yeah. talk on this podcast so much about how if you can kill early, you know, there's so yeah, much it's... confidence you have. Your whole entire season's different because I've done it a few years, and when you do it, your whole entire season's different going on. You got to buck down. It is, you know, and you're just feeling. It takes good. us. Uh... And I don't put I don't I don't put pressure on myself because I see somebody else killing a deer. It's my own and uh, yeah. I I put my own pressure on myself just because I want to get it done. But it I I will say this: it's nice when I have one down and we can only kill one buck here because now it makes like when we when I go out to like last year I had an Illinois and Iowa tag. Yeah. So that that kind of changes everything for me a little bit too, because then it makes me go, okay, I'm gonna be picky, you know, I'm gonna hold out, you know, and and kill something really, you know, hopefully kill something really big, and and I've also thought that too, and I've passed up some deer too, where I'm like, why did I pass that deer up? That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> I, when I had my really good piece, I used to do that. Now I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when I had my really good piece, I was sending him videos. I'm like, look at this deer I just passed. He's like, oh my, I'm pa- begging to see something like I, that. Yeah. I passed up a deer the first two hours out at Andre's place this year. First two hours I got there. Got there, drove out there all day, and he said, go down there. He's like, we don't get, we don't, have, you don't have time to hang any stands. He's like, just go over there. I got a set over there. And he's like, I'm going to go down here. I'm like, okay. I go in there. I've seen a half rat come through. And then like right at last light, here comes this big heavy eight. And he's got like his beams curled up at the end. And you'll, you'll see it on whitetail addictions. It's on the show. And he comes into like 15 yards. He's about probably 160 inch deer. And, um, and he's got like a big common base G G three, four something over there to one side. And he had, I didn't see the stickers until we pulled a trail camera a couple days later. Cause I met him. I walked down and he was like, what'd you see? And I said, I seen this big eight. And I and he's like, how big was he? I was like, hi, he's at, he's at least one fifty plus. I, if I'm guessing. And he was like, really? He's, and I told him, you know, I described him because I don't know that deer. Well, a couple of days later, him and I were running around scouting in the middle of the day. We pulled a trail camera and we pulled it up. He had a trail camera on these great big rubs and we were thumbing through the car. And I'm like, Oh, that's that deer I passed up. He goes, Oh dude, you should have shot that thing. Why'd you pass that thing up for? I'm like, Oh, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. When he's telling you, you should have like, no, shot it. You're like, okay, man, I really messed up. Yeah, here. He's, bad. <laughs> so. he's like, he goes, dude, that he goes, that rack's bigger than you think. He goes, that's a big bodied animal. He goes, that rack is not looking as big as you think. And I was like, don't tell me this shit. Yeah. I'm like, now I gotta live with it. And then that's right about that same time frame last year when it got to what 80 degrees or oh, whatever yeah. for that stretch. It's absolutely brutal. The worst rut I can remember on the face of the earth since i've been hunting. yeah it was it was hot even when i i Ew. seen more deer when i didn't know what the hell i was doing than i did i seen bigger deer last year but i seen way more deer in the rut than i the the deer numbers last year were the smallest we, we were doing all day sits and seeing one doe mm-hmm. or a spike during that heat yeah it's brutal oh it was yeah. bad yeah we went we went eight, we went 18 days straight 10 of them was in that heat 
<laughs> like a bunch oh of my kindergarten kids out there getting <laughs> our asses whooped in the schoolyard. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was some of the silliest stuff we've ever done. It was uh, it was quite the experience. <laughs> what? How many hanging? We did nineteen, uh, nineteen different trees. It was something it, stupid. Yeah, we mostly hanging hunts, like nineteen different sets, four different properties. That, killed one deer. That's how you kill, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? You got you guys talking about you know how many uh, hanging hunts that you did. I mean, that complete and utter surprise. Yeah, is how you kill. I I I don't care what anybody says. It just that's how you kill big deer. Yeah, I mean. Unless you're on managed ground where the deer, like, it's so, we've told people this, and I'm going to make some private land people mad here, and we've talked to people that we're friends with, (laughs) and they're like, no, no, no. But when we are on our private land piece, we got a piece called Boonertown. There's no Booners on it, just so you know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, (laughs) I thought, when we got it, I thought there was going to be Booners all over it. There has been some Booners. There has been Verified seen on it. But anyways, um. We go there, and the tree that I was talking about earlier where we moved, pretty open, um, not super high. We've never been busted out of that tree ever. We'll have three-year-old bucks, four-year-old bucks out there. We've had two-and-a-half-year-olds two come and feed at the base of the tree, multiple does, killed does out of that tree like 10 yards, never been busted in that tree at all. We hunt on public land. Um, twice in a tree. Burnout. We we were hunting. We we did a packing hunt last year. And we did a rattling sequence, and we rattled in this really <sighs> gnarly three year old eight pointer that wasn't. He he was on the edge, right? He was just like you could tell that he was he was a gnarly young deer that was like a punk, really wanting to whoop some butt. Dude came in, almost on slobbering. A, yeah, slobbering on a run, dead run. We're dead still. Homie's already standing. We've seen him coming way out. We've already decided that we're not going to shoot this deer, so we're dead still. Deer gets 10 yards, pegs us. I'm like, I I don't understand oh. what we're doing, and it just insanely how much different they are from one to the other. But we do hanging hunts on, like you killed Sunshine hanging hunt. Mm-hmm. We are in <laughs> the <laughs> smallest tree known to man. It's like this big around. We got, I had to hand film because we couldn't even get the tree arm on it. Two stands in there, cut out this cedar tree. We kill this buck looking. He was like at 15 yards at one point. Yeah. Was probably, was like, ah, might be something up there, but he never been there before. Yeah. He looked at it, up at us when he was at 15 yards and then just trotted out to 35. Yeah. And, and then, then started feeding in the plot. started feeding. <laughs> I was like, that, he has no idea that we're here right now, dude. But, uh, you know, we were able to kill on that that hanging hunt, and then we got a couple of successful hanging hunts under our belt now, and it's definitely a fun way to hunt and a challenging way to hunt. And I think the challenging is just the setup, because it's so much easier to go into a place and you go, okay, my stand's a hundred yards in here, I'm gonna set up, and if you don't see deer, it's like, ah, well, the deer weren't moving tonight, you know. But when you're hanging hunting and you're moving and you're setting up on sign. It isn't the deer ain't moving tonight. It's I picked the wrong spot. That's the yeah. difference in me. Yeah. Like 
when you got a stand set, you go to it. Man, must not have been good movement. There, you know, I've had luck in here in the past. Must not have been a good movement night. Blah blah blah. But when you're hanging and hunting, you're deciding where you're going. There's no like settling. You're trying to pick the best odds in your favor. And when you hang and you don't see anything, you're like, well, I'm in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. But if you have a hung set, you're never like. This is the wrong spot. You know, you're always like, this has been good for the last four years. Yep. This is the right spot. I'm just going to keep hunting it. You know, I've been there in the past. and But if you would have been like, man, I'm going to get to hang and hunt and go 100 yards, you know, you could have changed your whole entire season. So we're definitely utilizing. I think we added up. We had 35 apiece, right? Mm-hmm. Around 35 apiece yeah. hanging hunts last year and one, one, one buck kill. We're hunting the same tree, though. That's that's so hard yeah you get two guys in the same tree you want you one guy out there hunting for 35 hunts so that's yeah that makes it tough for sure need to we did split up late last season yeah Yeah. late season we're like all right we gotta divide and conquer (laughs) late season this Uh, is this is for everybody that thinks that we're good deer hunters i went 13 sets on public land without seeing a deer late season (laughs) hanging hunts yep i went 12 you went 12 yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he got me all, on one oh. all separate yeah, all, all separate all separate spots hella people see if I, if I was killing dudes i'd been smoking them out there i seen more people yeah, you than seen that many guys yeah it's brutal we were hunting this piece that we hadn't barely been on very much and man there's a, just so many dudes people out just there. W- walking the edge of the timber with a crossbow no yeah. camo red plaid yeah walking the edge of the field Walked first guy with the crossbow walked right by me in the tree, and then I like got his buddy's attention. I was like, "Hey man, like come on, like you just walked. Hey, he walked right by me. Come on." And then I didn't think gun season. They open it up to like if you have a doe permit, you can bow hunt it, or you could just go there and gun hunt everybody. I didn't think it was gonna be that bad, but dude, there was a remember that picture I sent you of that Volkswagen van. van? There was a dude, couple dudes living out there for late doe season. Just wrecking stuff. Just I got hella trail cam pics of them. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of van that was. It was sweet though. But, it, was, it was old Dodge. Yeah, old Dodge Ram van. But yeah, man, they were just living out there, and I'm like, this place is. We're, I'm never going back there. Existence of bow hunting, probably never, That's, unless we go to the spot where we jump the buck in the bed. Yeah, like a <laughs> bunch of dummies. <laughs> Other than that, not going back there. But yeah, let's get back to the regular, well, nice, uh, regular staged content here. <laughs> um well you guys probably won't have to deal with that as much this year with with having a little bit of private now yeah to get on and yeah not deal with that yeah we actually have uh two permission pieces one we've never stepped foot on three permission pieces one with the same guy that's like an hour and a half away that's going to be like a if we just feel in it we're just going to go in there take our stand scout it out go in there and hunt it um, and then we have the lease and the permission piece, so I'm pretty, pretty excited to not go on public and get my ass whooped. I'm, we're yeah. still going in there, but not like we were. It's gonna be like, okay, I feel good today. Let's go for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, we got a buck named Pickles. That man, oh yeah, okay, no, I, I thought really you were like, talking way down there. Yeah, I really like to kill Pickles. Yeah, and he's in like a real easy spot to kill. I'll like, be up in there a lot. Yeah, it's pretty easy access. Um, if. That that deer is probably the most walked past deer on the property. <laughs> Just chilling in there. We didn't find him till late, but we know where he's at now. It's one of those where you have cams in an area, and you're like, I don't really think there's anything in there. I'm not going to go pull them. And then you go pull them, and you're like, 
Oh, it was a 160 just hanging Should've out here. here. <laughs> Should have been in here a little more, but I've done I've done that a bunch of times. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh we'll we're gonna double dip you here, so we're gonna wrap this okay. episode up, um, and then we'll get into the other one. But we appreciate you spending some time with us here, and uh, we're gonna wrap up to the next one. Okay. Don't get much better from a big buck serial killer in the first ten days of the season. Guy's been successful year after year. And I think he said the last five he'd kills had been in the, in, in the first 15 days. So if, if you got a guy out there doing what you want to do, you got to pick his brain. A lot of good stuff in here. Um, you know, staying on those deer, making those scrapes to, to pinpoint them, to have a place they can go, and then making that spot a little bit better to hold that deer if you can. Um, great tips. And then also went into, you know, make sure your setup's perfect when you're going in to kill this deer and he believes in the first set you know in the in october and that's when he's killing these deer so be patient wait for the right time make your move um and, and get it done but like we always say try to leave a legacy always do the right thing and whitetail legacy is out that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.